This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. Join us June 6th through the 8th for a robust and convenient learning experience featuring education from industry leaders covering a wide variety of challenges facing medical practices today. MGMA Summit is a signature online event that allows you to take control of your journey by attending live or by accessing the sessions at your own pace until July 8th. Go to mgma.com events to learn more and to register today. This episode is brought to you by Dynamedics. Dynamedics empowers healthcare professionals with advanced evidence-based clinical decision support to help improve patient outcomes. You can learn more at dynamedics.com. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, senior editor at MGMA and host of the MGMA podcast network. Still at uh, the Medical Practice Excellence Financial and Operations Conference here in Orlando. And joining me is Steve Moberg. He is with Team Care Medicine. Uh, Steve, welcome to the MGMA podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about Team Care Medicine. You and I were talking about it a little bit offline, wanted to get a better understanding for our listeners what you guys do. Well, we're a small uh, training and consulting company, and we essentially, if you boil it all down, we help doctors uh, that are struggling with EHR documentation load uh, by giving them help inside their arena of performance, which we call obviously the exam room. That's where, you know, that's where they deliver their services to their customers. And that's where uh, the burnout is occurring with the heavy documentation load. And so we were pioneered by Dr. Peter Anderson, who struggled with that greatly because he wasn't computer savvy. He didn't know how to type. And when they put him on the EHR, his hospital system, you know, within a couple of years, he, he tanked his practice. And, uh, and sadly, we see a lot of that around the country still today. And so Peter, uh, after a couple of years of trying to make it work, he uh, was totally burned out. He had lost the joy of practicing medicine and he had lost a good bit of his family life. He was... Uh, up at night, closing charts, up early, closing charts. He did it today, all of that today, just so he could do it again tomorrow. And it, it was on a, a wheel that was unsustainable. And uh, so he started training his clinical assistants in his practice. He was always envious of the surgeons and the help that they got by the OR nurse in the operating room, their arena of performance. And so he started training his clinical assistants to help him inside the exam room. And uh, the idea was to give them all the non-physician work that occurs during a patient visit. And I think there was a survey a few years ago, I don't remember you know, who did it, uh, but I do remember the results. It was like 50 to 60% of the work that's done by a physician or, or a, uh, APP in, in the exam room during a patient visit is non-physician work. So that can be done by someone else who's trained and capable. And uh, so that's what Peter did. He trained his clinical assistants to help him 
inside the exam room. And it, it's similar to a scribe model, but it's much more powerful because um, he trained his clinical assistants to work ahead of him, independent of him. So they're collecting all the patient's preliminary information, uh, which a scribe doesn't do. Then they, when the provider comes in, they present all that information to the provider in front of the patient which scribes, they don't do that either. Uh, then, you know, from that point of the visit on, now they are performing like a scribe. Uh, they're capturing the physical exam findings, diagnosis, treatment plan, any of the orders that need to be executed, they're getting those. All that's being done in the computer for them, for the provider, so that they are able to just focus on the patient in front of them and what, you know, what's going on with this patient and how can I help them. and. Uh, to wrap up the role, essentially, once the providers developed a treatment plan and explained it to the patient, they can leave the exam room. And that is another area now where the team care assistant is what we call them, uh, works independent of the doctor. They close out the visit. So they'll you know, review the plan again with the patient. Mm -hmm. They'll print off any patient education that needs to be done and uh, go over that with the patient. Uh, they'll Eventually, they'll walk them out to the reception area. Then they come back, and before they get the next patient, we're training them to make sure that note is fully complete and documented uh, for the provider before you go get the next patient. And, wow. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to boil it all down in yeah. one or two sentences. <laughs> right. But it's a very powerful model, and uh, the, the, the nifty thing about it is that, that we don't give a provider one clinical assistant or team care assistant, we give them two. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, the, because we're making the provider so much more productive, they can actually do the visits, not uh, sequentially or serially, one after the other, but now they can do them concurrent. Uh, okay. And so they have two team care assistants working them with overlapping appointments. Hmm. And while the doctor is in exam room one with team care assistant one and patient one, the, the second team care assistant is in exam room two with that patient getting all their information ready. And so the, you know, the, ultimately the doctor goes from exam room to exam room all day long getting verbal presentations of the patient. Then they go through their medical decision making, uh, their diagnosis, their treatment plan, and they, they leave and go to the next room where they get the same thing again. Mm -hmm. So we make doctors anywhere from 20% to 40% more productive, okay. uh, both in visit volume and work RVUs with this model. It's, okay. it's really tremendous. Plus, we give them their personal lives right. back. Uh, no more documenting at night sure. or on the weekends. None of that pajama time. So That's what we call it. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about you. What's your healthcare career looked like? What have you been up to? And uh, where all? what have some of those highlights been during your healthcare career? Well, I, I didn't have a healthcare career until 2010. Okay. Uh, I was a former IT executive. Okay. And, um, when Peter got an Army contract in, in 2010 to implement his model in uh, multiple Army bases around mm -hmm. the country, they wanted to get the on-clinic, uh, on-base clinics out into the community. And so they contracted with Peter to put his model into these clinics. And that's when I joined uh, team care to help him manage that project and mm -hmm. so i've been uh you know helping him we train doctors all around the country now for the last 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. 
And uh, so for Team Care Medicine, mostly I've been involved with running our operations. Okay. You know, uh, but now I'm doing sales and operations as mm -hmm. well. And, okay. you know, we're, we're a small company. Uh, mm -hmm. We do consulting engagements and training engagements and uh, uh, not a huge operation, right. but a very effective model that, right. that really works. You may have mentioned it earlier, but where are you guys located? Uh, Yorktown, Virginia, actually. Okay. Okay. Where freedom and independence was won for America. <laughs> where independence and freedom can be restored for primary care doctors. Exactly. Care. That's right. That's what you're doing for the physician. That's so. Right. You spoke earlier, your, um, your session is titled Solve Burnout and Boost Productivity by Leveraging Clinical Support Staff. You've been giving us uh, the elevator pitch and a lot of the practice of what you guys do. Talk about speaking to that audience today. So that is the MGMA audience, a lot of practice administrators that are dealing with burnout for their physicians for themselves as well. We know that in healthcare. So what was the, when you got to the kind of Q&A aspect of the session, how did that go? What kind of questions were they asking you? What, what were they looking for? Obviously they were looking for support for their physicians and for themselves sure. and their teams, but I'm, I'm interested in that dialogue for people who weren't able to attend that session. Yeah. They, uh, there were quite a few questions around staffing. Okay. And as you know, right now, oh. the staffing for clinical assistant help around the country is just in a state that uh, we've never been in right. before. It's extremely difficult. So for us as a consulting company to come along and, and tell, uh, you know, practice administrator that, uh, you know, we need you to hire maybe an additional MA to add to the existing team that you've already got and, and their common response is, well, I, I'm having a hard time filling the existing position I've got. Yeah. And I get that and I understand that. And uh, hopefully this, this is a temporary uh, effect right. from the COVID um, aftershock, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to answer their question, and, and it does take a little bit of time to get to this point, but we've, got, we've had multiple customers tell us that once the word gets out in the community that uh, we are practicing using the team care model, mm -hmm. that that actually becomes a market differentiator for okay. us and can give us a leg up. And there's a couple of reasons why uh, when we do engage with the customer and let's say they hire an additional MA or two to become a mm -hmm. team care assistant, mm -hmm. we also encourage them to pay them a little bit more because the work they're going to be doing is above what a typical MA would be doing. Mm -hmm. So we encourage them to create a new job classification for that and pay them a buck or two more mm -hmm. as well. So that, you know, they can get paid a little bit more. And then the second piece is, which is really important, so many of the team care assistants, they tell us later that, um, you know, I always wondered what happened with the patient because, you know, they would room the yeah. patient, get their vitals, and uh, get a little bit of information, and, and then they would leave. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's the traditional visit model. Yeah. They would leave the rest for the physician, so or the provider, and so they would always be wondering. You know, what what was the outcome of that patient? You mm -hmm. know, what did the doctor do with them or for them to help them get better? And so when they're doing a, a team care visit, you know, they're in the exam room the entire time with the patient. Right. So. Uh, they not only are collecting their information, but they're also hearing what is the doctor doing with this mm -hmm. patient. And so 
that is uh, the patient engagement aspect mm -hmm. for them uh, is really much higher uh, because they learn that. They also learn an incredible amount of medicine because they're on the hip of the provider all day long. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can actually get to the point when they're really good at it of, you know, we don't train them to do this, but they can actually predict sometimes what, what is the course of treatment that the mm. doctor's going to be uh, doing. So they get really good at that. But, you know, th that's a tough question. And I do hope for right now that it's a temporary state right. that we're in. But this could be and is, and we've heard from multiple customers, and it is a market differentiator for them when the mm. word gets out in the community that you can earn a little bit more and the work that you'll do is much more enjoyable and engaging. Mm -hmm. And uh, you feel, you know, much more fulfilled. And right. I think that's always been one of the knocks against working in a primary care office as a nurse is okay. they often don't feel like their skills are being fully utilized. Okay. Um, like maybe in a hospital setting. Right. So this uh, this model also helps in that regard, too. Okay. Um, before we go, uh, I was curious if you had a case study or any anecdotal information where you uh, implemented that team care approach uh, in a primary care uh, practice or other practice and just what that looks like. You know, maybe you had been able to benchmark it or study some of that data once it's there and, and what that looks like, where uh, that quality of life for those physicians and the other staff improves because it's really what we want. We want happy right. people working because uh, they're going to do a better job with those patients and you're going to wind up with better outcomes anyway. So yeah. what does that look like in the real world? Well, the the very best scenario for us is to get implemented in a, prime, in a, a physician setting where they sort of realize that they're not on a sustainable path. So they're very open to change. Mm -hmm. They're open to giving up a little bit of control over the documenting of the note the way they really, you know, they, the way they want it done. And of course, they can work, they can get it that way with their team care assistance over time. Uh, but, you know, some doctors just have real difficulty giving up control. So if they're already struggling a little bit uh, or if administrations after them to boost their productivity and they're having a hard time doing it, then that's a good environment for this model to come in. And uh, probably one of our better uh, installations was in 2019. In Cincinnati, it was a large hospital system that we did. There were six doctors in the pilot. Uh, we trained them and launched them using the team care model. Uh, and within just four months, as a group, they were seeing 35% more patients, and uh, which is incredible. But more importantly for them, and that's the reason they brought us in, was we had almost eliminated all the after-hours chart work. For them, it, they were down 80 percent in their uh, pajama time, yeah. and that's what that's what they were after. But their their providers just soaked this up like a sponge, and they ran with it. Mm -hmm. And you know that's an incredible turnaround in four months to be mm -hmm. able to do that because we really don't. I mean, we don't even start encouraging the ad urgent visits to the schedule until maybe two or three months in. Mm -hmm. Uh, we want the, you know, it takes a little bit of time for them, for the team care system to become proficient in what they're doing mm -hmm. and get good at it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once they get to that point, then, you know, okay, let's open up the schedule a little bit. Now that we've made you more productive, let's add some visits uh, to help pay for this mm -hmm. thing. And, uh, but man, for that group, they just were uh, fantastic. And uh, that's the power of it 
in, a, in the right situation, in the right environment, the doctors can take it and run with it, and, and the sky's the limit on mm -hmm. what it's capable of. I said that was the last question, but I'll follow up and ask you just one more. So you did mention at times, just because a doctor may not want to uh, give up that control, how do you adapt and get that buy-in? What's the way to uh, address that to a physician? So I know you can say, well, down the road, it's going to help you this way and this way. Is that the approach you take? What is that window of opportunity to get that buy-in for the physician? Well, again, the, the best situation is when they're realizing that they're on an unsustainable path. Okay. But um, probably, you know, we get them trained and launched uh, using the model, the way we train it. Um, but they do, you know, oftentimes they have a tendency to want to modify things a little bit. And that's okay. Uh, but a, a, probably a good example of maybe trying to ease some of their concern about that would be, say, you know, uh, we encourage them to have a weekly team meeting with their team. Okay. So initially, after we train them and launch using the team care medicine model, okay. you know, meet with your team every week because they're, they're not going to be good at this right off the bat. It takes a couple of months. The only way to get good at it is repetition. And you can't speed that along, but so much. So, uh, but to alleviate some of their worries and fears about giving up control, they can train their clinical assistants to document the note the way they'd like it to be documented. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can do that during the weekly team meetings. And probably the easiest way, just a real practical example of how they can do that is just simply print the note off the way the team care assistant documented it. And then if the provider made changes to it before they signed it and completed it, then print it off again afterwards and go over with the team care system. What are the changes that I made to this note that you documented to make it the way I wanted it? And, you know, you do that a few times and they'll get the hang of what it is that you're after. And uh, so that's helpful in that regard. All right. I don't well, know if that answered your question. It, I hope so. <laughs> it absolutely did. So Steve Moberg, Team Care Medicine, thanks for joining us on the MGMA Insights Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a great opportunity to be here to speak and uh, meet quite a few new people. It's been exciting and I very much enjoyed the time. We're glad you're here and uh, hope you enjoy the luau tonight as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. This is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA, signing off from Orlando and the Medical Practice Excellence Financial and Operations Conference. Thanks for listening. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.